I am uh, fading the music out of the background here. Something is not right. Hopefully, you're all hearing me there just fine at this point in time. And uh, I started broadcasting, but the music didn't start, even though I started the music uh, until but late. It's a one-man show here, and uh, I'm the show, and uh, I'm the man. But it's just kind of interesting the way things were uh, were functioning as as we got started. As I pressed. There's a button. There's two buttons I press. I press stream when I press record. The stream gives it to you, and the recording uh, picks up the audio for the uh, the podcast uh, element, the audio that goes out. And uh, anyway, it, it, maybe on your end it was all copacetic. On my end, it, something was just a little wonky, but that happens. This is live. It, it's it's not edited it's not mixed it's not none of that stuff it's just live and uh, so you guys end up stuck with me uh with whatever messes happen to happen uh in these lifetimes hey we're going to get in the book of luke uh, i've decided there's time to jump in we had this talk last few days just kind of some ram random ramblings that that I was doing, and I've decided it's just a whole lot easier to get started in the book of Luke, Luke rather than wait till next Tuesday, because right? we have today, we have tomorrow, so we'll get into the book of Luke. Uh, and to other people listening at other times, they don't care whether it's the 28th day of December or not. Uh, they're here to listen to the book of Luke. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to the book of Luke. Uh, some background into the book of Luke is is where we're going to spend the bulk of the morning this morning considering uh, considering Luke and how this book got started, why it was written, to whom it was written, uh, and several several different aspects like that. So that's uh, going to be the focus of the day. That said, let me get us into it. I need to go over and look at my notes on my other screen. And uh, get us into this book, the book of Luke. Uh, Starting off with the authorship. I mean, most of us would say, hey, we believe that the book was written by Luke. It bears his name. Uh, It probably wasn't uh, ascribed that name by the author himself. He probably never thought it would be a book. He probably thought maybe it would be an account. Uh, although he was seeking to be a historical writer uh, of what was taking place uh, in those days. And uh, so I'm going to walk us through just some of the background details of this book that we're going to spend. And in our particular focus in looking at the book of Luke is to understand Jesus, to look at Jesus through the lens of the book of Luke. That That's really our intent uh, our intent isn't to pick up necessarily varying theological themes. Our, our intent isn't to dispute debatable items. Our intent really is to understand Jesus better by looking at the book of Luke. Now, the gospel uh, of Luke has many differences compared to the other synoptic gospels. And if you remember, the synoptics are th- are three Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they, they tell similar accounts. Matthew has some things the other two don't have. Mark has some things the other two don't have. And Luke has some things the other two don't have. But by and large, they tell much of the same account. Luke, uh, interestingly, probably got his account from 
I got his account from uh, asking questions. Uh, he was researching, trying to understand, and so he was asking questions to to understand who was Jesus, what did he say, where did he go, what did he do. Uh, now, uh, of the three, Luke is the only one to have a sequel, and the sequel is the book of Acts. And interestingly, just throw this out there for us today. You and I, friends, are the sequel to the book of Acts. So the book of Acts is a sequel to um, the Gospel of Luke. Well, we are the sequel to the, the book of Acts. Uh, these two books often referred to as a unit, often referred to as Luke-Acts. Uh, Luke-Acts put together. Uh, another difference between... Luke and Matthew and Mark is the prologue, the beginning. Um, he, he begins uh, his prologue. He begins the introduction with what's called an exordium, uh, which is basically a salutation. It's a greeting. It's, it's a hello. And in fact, let me take you and show you that hello real quickly. Uh, and this is what he says. Uh, let me get this in the NIV. He says, many have undertaken to drop on account of the things I have uh, that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good to write an orderly account to you, almost Theophilus so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. Speaking of Theophilus and just who is Theophilus, I mean, there, there are questions that, that, that come out here. Who is Theophilus? And the name Theophilus means lover of God. Most scholars believe that there was a person a literal person named Theophilus. There are others who say, no, Theophilus was a representation of those who were lovers of God. I take the former view. I take the view that he is writing to a particular person whose name happened to be lover of God. What a great name, Theophilus. Theo is actually God. That's, that's, the, that's what the word means. Theo is God. So if you have a friend named Theo, Hey, God, how are you doing today? Small G, just for the record. Uh, Phyllis, like Philadelphia, Phyllis, the idea of, of love, and another aspect or connotation or rendering of love in the Greek language. Uh, I'm writing to you who are uh, one who is or those who are lovers of God. He says, many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. I mean, there is, there's Matthew, there's Mark, uh, there's John. Uh, Luke was contemporaries of theirs. Now, they didn't have Facebook. They didn't have uh, Instagram. They didn't have TikTok. They didn't have Stitch. They didn't have uh, Fox News. They didn't have YouTube. They didn't have internet. They didn't have uh, email. They didn't have publishing houses they had none of that so much of what was what they garnered they garnered through uh oral transmission through uh, verbal uh, 
through people speaking the words. So many have undertaken to drop an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. There are others, he's saying there are others who are writing this stuff, uh, and it says, just as they were handed down to us by those who were who were from the first. Let me read that sentence again. It's not making sense. Just as they were handed down to us by those who were from the who from the first. There we go. Were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. He's saying, look, we're getting what we're giving you from people who were there. They're eyewitness accounts. Now, in our day, uh, evidence doesn't seem to matter anymore. You can have evidence and still not find the rendering of, of guilty, um, or you'll make up the evidence. We live in a day, and it's sad to see, really, in, in our culture, in our society, where we don't even know what truth is anymore. Um, presidents, all the way back at least to Bill Clinton, uh, at least that far, had a tough time uh, acknowledging truth. Bush might not have been so bad, uh, George W., uh, but they're, they're conspiracy, conspiracy theorists who even wonder about that. But you could watch uh, President Obama, President Trump, and President Biden, all of them, and especially now Biden and, and Trump, whatever they say is truth is truth. And uh, th- that's where we are in culture. Uh, evidence doesn't matter anymore. Um Facts don't matter anymore. We'll create our own facts. And that's where we live in in this postmodern, post-Christian culture, uh, in at least the United States. But in that day, an eyewitness account mattered. And it still matters in the courtroom. It really does. Um, I, I'm kind of overstating the fact that evidence doesn't matter and eyewitnesses don't matter because then they'll call into question the eyewitness and the character of the eyewitness and all that. But in that day, people were people of their word more often than not. Uh, people being of their word were, were more the rule than the exception. Now, today, it almost seems like people of the word are more the exception than the rule. Uh, but in Luke 1, verse 2, when he says, just as they were handed down to us by those who were from, who, who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word, Luke is saying, look, I got this information from the people who were actually there. I got this information from the people were, who, who, who had firsthand accounts. Uh, I got this information from, from people who saw him do the miracles. I got this information from people who were uh, translated into transfiguration. I, I got this information from people who who saw him crucified and who saw him buried, who saw him resurrected. I got firsthand accounts from people. And that's what he is trying to underscore in verse two. Verse three, he says, therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for you. I mean, he's trying to state facts. He's trying to put things in order. Uh, an orderly account, uh, so that verse four says, so you may know the certainty of the things you've been taught. And, and that's, that's why we go through the scripture verse by verse as we do. We want you to know the certainty of what you've been taught. 
We want you to have confidence in your Christian faith. We want you to have confidence in living for Christ. We want you to have confidence that, that no, you're not a crazy person. Some people in our world would say, you Christians are crazy because you have no facts. You have no eyewitnesses. Wait a minute. So what about anything else written historically? Does that mean we, of course, shouldn't talk about this too loudly because here in America, it seems like we are on this uh, rampage to eradicate history, you know, and take down statues and and, and change history, which uh, rewrite history because we don't want to think about the pain. Well, wait a minute. The the pain has meaning as well. Um, In the day that Luke wrote, history mattered. In the day that Luke wrote, eyewitnesses, uh, eyewitness accounts mattered, and so that's why it is of significance to us. Now, in this account, Luke does not uh, directly identify himself, just like the other synoptic Gospels, uh, and even John, the fourth Gospel, uh, doesn't... uh, doesn't identify himself in the text. On the other hand, though, there is plenty of evidence, both internal and external, will conclude that it's written by Luke the physician. I mean, the book of Acts, the sequel to Luke, uh, uh, has certain places where Luke identifies himself uh, at least three times, uh, and he uses the first-person plural in the narrative, narrative of the book of Acts, saying, we, or I, uh, but we, and he's identified as Luke in those places. And those places in the book of Acts are usually referred to as the we sections uh, that would indicate uh, the author of Acts accompanied Paul during those times, and that would be Luke. Uh, Luke is the only one that fits into the mold according to uh, Paul's epistles, and then even externally, the earliest manuscripts support the title according to Luke. Uh, the, the the earliest written manuscripts of that day uh, say Akata Lukan, which is uh, according to Luke. Uh, and much of the early tradition believe that, that Luke wrote this book as well. Uh, it was it was probably the last of the Gospels to be written. It precedes Acts. It's essential that you date Acts. To, to really get the, 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 the timing of the book of Luke. Uh, it's believed that Luke was written before Acts. Uh, and, uh, so other factors support an early date. For instance, there's no mention of the destruction of Jerusalem. Uh, the uncertainty of the Jew Gentile relationships, uh, at that time was the same as in Paul's epistles. Uh, and generally, it is agreed that Luke Acts was not written in the Palestinian region. Other suggestions included Caesarea, uh, Achaia, the Decapolis, which is up in the uh, area of the Galilee, uh, Asia Minor, and Rome. There, there are lots of different uh, thoughts on where this book may have, in fact, been written. Uh Why is that significant? It's significant because if it wasn't written in uh, in Jerusalem, uh, there could be other factors. And and the factor with with Luke was the fact he was traveling with others who had had the first uh, eyewitness accounts, and with Paul also who had his experience. The purpose of the writing of this book. 
has had some debate. Luke, Luke, some suggest that Luke sets out to make a case for Christianity as not being a threat to the Roman Empire. I, I don't think that's the case. Others make the proposition that, that Luke was written to reassure those questioning Jesus coming because of its day, uh, because of its delay, it hadn't happened yet. Uh, but it really does seem clear that, that the purpose of the writing is to bring confidence, to bring a sense of certainty that this was written, this was said, it's a fact, it's certain, you can be confident of your Christian faith. And and uh, the book of Acts will underscore those things for us. Some of the some of the themes that we'll see, uh, even though he is not noted as a the, uh, as a theologian, some of the themes we'll see uh, include redemption history, by which he views the world in three major periods. There, there's the the time of the law and the prophets, which we read about in chapter sixteen. And verse 16, A, after that was the period when the gospel, the kingdom was preached. That's chapter 16, 16, B. And then the last period begins after the ascension of Christ and, and continues until his return. And that really picks up in the book of Acts. Uh, this is the period of the church. Also unique to this gospel the idea of salvation is prevalent in Luke's gospel. The, the word salvation and deliverance or salvation saving power are used by Luke, but those words uh, are not interestingly also used by Matthew and Mark. Not only is the theme of salvation evident, but Luke demonstrates Jesus as being sympathetic toward the Samaritans and the Gentiles, something that the other two books do not pick up on with, with as much clarity. He discusses peace he discusses uh, eschatology, the end times. Uh, he looks at the early unity of the church, what we would call early Catholicism. He looks at the plan of God. He emphasizes uh, his emphasis on individuals, the importance of women, children, the poor, the the disreputable. Uh, there's focus on his passion. There's focus on prayer, uh, and there's a focus also on praise that are all a part of Luke's theology developed through this book. Along with the epistle to the Hebrews, uh, Luke Acts is the best Greek in the New Testament. I mean, it's the best written. The exordium demonstrates a pure Lucan style, uh, which often uh, looked at as a more sophisticated and excellent type of Greek than other New Testament writings. I would probably be more like the other writers and not, not quite as eloquent as the other writers. Uh, on the other hand, there are parts of Luke's gospel where he decides to follow some of the Hebraisms of Mark uh, and also sections that can contain a very uh, pervasive Semitic uh, coloring or Jewish-type coloring. Uh, in terms of structure, you have the beginning. This is why I'm writing this book. This is to who I'm writing it. He, he deals with the births of both John the Baptist and Jesus, unique of the Gospels. He covers John's ministry and the preparation of Jesus' ministry in a unique way in the first uh, four chapters. Then he gives the account of Jesus' Galilean ministry from chapter 4 through chapter 9, the journey to Jerusalem, and then Jesus' time in Jerusalem, his passion, 
his crucifixion, his resurrection, and his ascension. Those are all things covered in the book of Luke. Now, again, why does it matter? Why does any of this matter? What difference does this make? We get the background. We, we get the coloring. We get the kind of the analysis. This is a, a reputable book by a reputable person written in a reputable way with, with some of the best uh, Greek linguistics uh, of the day. If you were to compare, you know, there are writings that that are heavily, heavily technical. There are writings that are uh, written great with great preciseness. Uh, And Luke would be of that precise nature, maybe not so technical, but very precise in how he says things and, and maybe a little bit more so than are the other gospel writers. As we get into this, we're going to see uh, about Jesus. That's the goal. What do we learn uniquely about Jesus through the lens of Luke? Now, I'm going to fast track over the first couple chapters because we just came through Christmas. So if you're listening to this in June, please understand that we just came through Christmas and covered some of the texts in in Luke 1 and 2 already. Uh, and so I, I'm going to just highlight some things there uh, in one day, and then we're going to jump right over to chapter 3 uh, and pick up with the ministry of, of John the Baptist and uh, uh, and look at him establishing, laying the groundwork, uh, making the road straight before Jesus. So we're going to kind of fast track and jump jump over to that point where Jesus then begins his earthly ministry, but we won't do that till next week. We'll have one more day of of hitting chapters one and two uh, and kind of hitting the highlights of those chapters and uh, things that they would underscore for us to give us confidence in our faith. Now, there's probably a lot more I could have said. I mean, there's a lot of detail here in uh, in understanding the background of these books. Uh, that wasn't my goal this morning. Goal just really to give us uh, some some background, uh, then and then to launch us into uh, the the exegesis, the exposition uh, of of the book, and always the point of it is to help us live as followers of Christ. Now, I just want to drop one little thing in here, and I know you've heard me say this before. One of the jobs of a follower of Christ is to help other people follow. That's our responsibility. Uh, in other places in the world, Africa, as an example, India, I uh, just will point to those two places in particular. When you become a Christian, you're told, now you're a disciple maker. Go make disciples. Now, Jesus might not have been quite that fast on the draw when you look at his his strategy, but he didn't take very long either. Uh, and w- within... 18 months, he had them off making disciples. And for us to remember the things that you've heard, the things that you have seen, the things that you've experienced, the things that you have learned uh, in your Christian experience, God's desire for you is to share that with other people. It might be with your grandkids. It might be with a group of men that you're sitting uh, at Lake St. Catherine and and, and enjoying coffee right now or up at the Wells uh, General Store having one of their great pastries. Uh, and, And it sharing Christ with others. We share Christ with non-Christians. We share Christ with Christians. Uh, it's never never too late for us uh, in the Christian experience to hear the gospel again and again and again as Christians to be reminded of all that Jesus has done for us. Well, friends, that's a little bit of background on the book of Luke, 
Uh, I, I'm excited to get into the, the actual exposition of the text. And again, my goal isn't to be technical in exposition. My goal is to help us see, understand, encounter, and experience Jesus through the lens uh, of the writer, Dr. Luke. So have a great day, whatever you're doing today. Uh, enjoying the scenery of wherever you are. And uh, may you know God's blessings in your life as you go. Lord, hear our prayer for that. And we do pray. We do pray today for people around the world who suffer, especially those in war-torn areas like Ukraine and in Israel. Uh, Lord, hear our prayer that you would bring peace, that you would bring um, settlement to these wars, uh, even as you are establishing uh, the world stage for what you will do uh, in the days to come. So, Father, we look to you today. May you be glorified in us and through us is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day, friends. We'll see you tomorrow.